Hey folks, Pastor Peter here. Welcome to Between the Lines. It is good to be back with you. Sorry that it's been so long. Uh, podcasting on a regular basis is something that I really do desire to do, but I must confess, I've not made any concrete changes to my weekly routine, my rhythm, my schedule to make sure that it happens. But uh, I'm considering some things and uh, trying to put them into place. I do have a goal to podcast a certain number of times before the end of the year, so uh, I put that in my planner, and uh, hopefully that is something that uh, I will be able to accomplish as I rearrange certain things and also, quite frankly, get over myself because I think I take the quality of the podcast a little too seriously. I probably do a little too much editing. For example, this has been several takes now. It's only going to be an 8 to 10 minute podcast. I really shouldn't do it as many times as I have. So you can pray that I would humble myself and that I would repent of my pride <laughs> and that I would uh, just get these things up and move on. I think it'll be a good exercise for me on many, many levels, not the least of which is personally, as I do grow in humility in this way. So what I wanted to do was uh, discuss, uh, I actually want to do several podcasts uh, regarding the most recent two sermons that I preached. I preached one on baptism, and then most recently, the one that I want to talk about today is the one that I preached on Sunday, Mother's Day, uh, from Proverbs 31, uh, specifically verses 10 and following the proverbial, if you will, Proverbs 31 woman. Um, I chose this portion of scripture because it was Mother's Day. I thought it was a good and uh, fitting text for us to preach from. We're also about to start a series in the book of Proverbs, so this served as a little bit of a preview, if you will. Um, and uh, I think that Proverbs 31 is often misunderstood, as far as I can tell from what I read in scripture and how I hear people talk about it. Uh, I hear women, for example, say that they want to be like the Proverbs 31 woman, or a guy is looking for a Proverbs 31 woman. And uh, I think the first portion of that section, if you will, in verse 10, uh, it says, an excellent wife, who can find? Like, who really can find this chick, right? This person is basically perfect. On Sunday, I said she's like the Mary Poppins of biblical image, practically perfect in every way. Read verses 10 through the end of the chapter in Proverbs 31 and find me the flaw, right? There, she's, it's like she's flawless. Um, I mean, according to the text, she's both a, she, she's basically both a morning person and a night owl. Like, who does that? Um, verse 12 says she does her husband good and not harm all her days. Oh, oh, all, all her days she does him good and not harm. Um, well, see, this is the thing. I think this seems too good to be true because she is too good to be true, Um I believe that the Proverbs, the alleged Proverbs 31 woman, isn't a real woman. I think Little Miss Perfect doesn't exist, never did exist. I think somewhere along the lines, Proverbs 31 has been turned into this standard against which women assess themselves, or a checklist uh, that they try to check off all the boxes, or a checklist which men assess women. Um, but I think that's a misinterpretation and a misapplication of the text. Um, if you look at the beginning of the chapter, uh, what we read is that this is actually a woman's description of a woman's various roles. It's a mom talking to her son. Uh, that's what the entire chapter is. It's King Lemuel. We don't know anything about him other than his name. King Lemuel um, reciting, if you will, an oracle that his mother taught him. Um, and to turn it into a text that is supposed to be uh, describing or prescribing, if you will, not describing, but prescribing what every woman must be, I think is a misapplication of the text. Don't get me wrong, there's plenty of application in there for women, but I want to call to our attention that this text was actually written, if you will, to a man. It was written by a mom to her son. We also have to understand Proverbs, that Proverbs is a 
book of axioms, uh, general axioms. This is accepted, tested, proven truth. Um, but it's just general truth statements. Um, you know, to, to, to say, eat too, you know, if you eat too much honey, you will vomit. That's a proverb. I can't place the chapter and verse right now. But eat too much honey, you will vomit. Well, how much is too much? I don't know, bro. You'll know when you eat too much and you start feeling sick to your stomach. This is general truth that if you eat too much honey, you're going to vomit. Perhaps if we overindulge, it will lead to regret. There's lots of truth that can be uh, that can be found from proverbs, from these nuggets of truth, but they're general axioms. Perhaps one of the most misunderstood proverbs is Proverbs 22 and verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he was old, he will not depart from it. That's not a formula for how to raise godly kids. But in general, generally speaking, I as a parent need to remember that I'm parenting with the long view in mind, that I'm training up a child in a way that I hope that he or she will go even when they're old. I'm I'm training them up in a way that I hope they will not depart from. And generally speaking, this is the case. But it doesn't mean that godly parents always produce godly kids or that if there's a, a, lost, a lost child, they had terrible parents. Not at all. This is general truth. We need to remember Proverbs 31 is one such text, that Proverbs 31 contains general axioms, um, but that this is descriptive language and not prescriptive language. Uh, There's lots of error that comes from confusing descriptive language with prescriptive language. I think of the book of Acts, which is 28 chapters. It's a historical narrative. It's basically all descriptive language. If we start looking at the things that took place in the Acts of the Apostles, how the Lord chose to work in them and through them and give them the opportunities to minister to the people he did, and we start understanding it as prescriptive, well, folks, you come up with some pretty wacky teaching. Uh, for example, of uh, a grave misunderstanding and misapplication of Acts chapter 2 and the miracle of, uh, of, of the tongues, where people would hear God's word in their own native tongue. We read that in Acts chapter 2, and God did a mighty work in people's lives. The Holy Spirit filled people, and that was the result. Now, to look at that descriptive passage and to make it a prescriptive passage, you will say, henceforth and forevermore, if the Holy Spirit is acting in somebody's life, this will be manifested by them speaking in tongues. There are certain groups of people who do that, and they are wrong. The people who think that the Holy Spirit only manifests himself through this one particular Uh, manifestation, this one particular gift, are wrong. They're confusing descriptive with prescriptive. And so we need to understand Proverbs 31 in its correct context and understand the type of biblical text that it is. This is a woman's description of a woman's various roles. Um, What do you do if you can't cook? What if you're in a season of life where you can't sew or you Uh, end up hiring somebody to watch your kids because that's what you have to do. What happens if you never get married? Does that mean you're not living up to a standard of biblical womanhood? And the answer is, of course not. That just reinforces the fact that every person is different, that God makes us different, leads us through different series, uh, seasons and periods of life. And therefore, when we have opportunities, uh, particularly ladies, when you have opportunities to apply the things, to imitate the things that are listed in Proverbs 31, verses 10 and following, you do well in doing so. However, this is not a prescriptive passage to be applied in all areas, all the time. I emphasize this point because of this. When I think of the ladies within my congregation, and I think of the many ladies, older, younger, single, married, uh, and I think of the godly women that the Lord has blessed our church with, not the least of which is my wife, I am saddened to think of people, particularly ladies in this case, 
coming to the Lord, coming to Christ the Word, spending time with Him, hearing Him speak, and leaving feeling small or inadequate. Uh, It's a difference feeling convicted. Godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation without regret. We read that in 2 Corinthians. But I'm, I'm concerned that people would come to any portion of Scripture and see it as a formula that if you do this, then you will be that, or then you are that. And I realize that goes... Uh, goes better with the way that we like to think. I love a formula. I love knowing that if I do this, I'll get that. If I don't do this, I won't get that. But quite frankly, life isn't like that. And our walks with the Lord are specifically and especially not like that. Ladies, I don't want you looking at Proverbs 31 verses 10 and following and thinking that you are an illegitimate daughter of the king because you can't say these things about yourself in totality all the time. It's my hope and prayer that you would come to the book of Proverbs or come to any portion of Scripture and realize who you are in Christ, that your identity is solely based in Christ, in his finished work on the cross for sinners like you and like me, in his death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, That's what 1 Corinthians 15 says when Paul says that he preaches uh, that Christ died according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose on the third day according to the scriptures. This is the gospel. This is what Paul calls, in the word of God, first important. This is of primary importance. So I'm emphasizing this point because I don't want you coming to this portion of scripture and leaving feeling inadequate. I think an improper understanding of this portion of scripture could very well lead to an inappropriate assessment of oneself, one that is shame-based or guilt-written, and flies in the face of the word of God, which says, Romans 8 and verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So this is just a portion of what I spoke about on Sunday. If you're interested in hearing the sermon, you can hear it at graceky.org forward slash sermons. And I'm grateful for the time that I've been able to talk about this and look forward to continuing it in the next episode. God bless.